before we get rolling this morning, I want to share with you a, a really neat opportunity for Christmas uh, on your way out. Uh, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but uh, one of the things I love is we have a project every year for the Wheeler Rescue Mission, and we purchase Bibles, and the Bibles are only $20 per Bible, and uh, every one of those go to a guy who's going through the program. And so uh, this week, I had the privilege of taking 50 Bibles out there, and uh, I've had men personally just come up and thank me. They had nothing, and they said, uh, that Bible meant more than then you know. So if you want to be a part of that, on the way out this morning, it's just $20. There's a display there. And then the cool thing is you'll get a three-by-five card, and you'll get a name of that guy that is going to get your Bible, okay? has the first name, and so you'll be praying for that. Tonight, as Heather mentioned, is, uh, is going to be great. Going to have this worship in the round. I know last year it was just absolutely packed. We anticipate that happening again. So I could use some help at 530, and I just need... Say eight or nine people, bring your flashlights, and um, we're just going to help people park just in case, okay? So if you want to find a way to uh, please Jesus, uh, be here tonight at 530 and uh, just help us out with the parking, and then afterwards you can get an extra cookie, okay? So we're, we're good about that. Let's pray, and then we'll get rolling this morning. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this time of year, a reminder uh, what you have done for each and every one of us and the hope that we have in Christ. And it, it really is truly a privilege to be here. And we thank you for everybody who's here. Uh, be with those uh, family members and uh, friends that are traveling this week, Lord. Pray for your blessings. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So as you know, we've been in this whole series for the last several weeks, and it's called Home for the Holidays. And the real focus is not so much the holidays as it is the home. What goes on in the home? And there's been some things we've dealt with that are very symbolic. For example, we talked about looking at home as far as perspective of the home God wants for us. And we talked about the welcome mat, which is symbolic of hospitality. Last week, we talked about the living room, which is symbolic of the comfort and the peace that we find in Christ. And today, we're talking about the kitchen. And really, we're focusing not so much on the kitchen as we are the table. So for every man that's here today, can I have an amen? If, because that's where the meals take place, is at the table. And that's where we're going to get into, the table, and why that means so much. There's an article I found by Alan Martins, and uh, it's entitled, Life Lessons Learned at the Dining Room Table. Now, Martins says right away, you need to understand, I was raised by parents who went through the Depression and uh, World War II. So they said, uh, our table rules might be different from others, but here's one. We always prayed before we ate. Always had an evening prayer. And the reason why was when you go through the Depression and the things that they had been through, you are thankful for your daily meal. Jesus in his prayer said, give us this day our what? Daily bread. So we should be thankful for the very meal that's in front of us today. It teaches gratitude. Rule number two, you are not late for dinner, okay? You will be at the table when you're supposed to be at the table because this is family time. Number three, and I love this one, finances and your future plans were discussed at the table. Now, uh, some of you remember some of your most meaningful conversations maybe with your parents. They'd sit down at that table, and they'd lay out the finances, and they'd say, I know you have dreams. We have no money to support your dream. You know, whatever the discussions you had, 
You remember, or you probably watched your parents agonize, going over their budget at the table. Probably a lot of tears, a lot of screaming. But there are so many memories at the table from life growing up all the, all the way through adulthood. I read another article called Life Lessons Around the Table, Guarding Family Time by Nathan Leno. And here's what he said. Apart from my local church, the dinner table was the most effective school I ever attended. Another quote says this, sharing a meal is more important than eating food together. It's a shared meal that represents friendship, community, and grace. What I love about the table is that it's special and it's sacred. And that's what we want to talk about today. First of all, it is definitely special. Deuteronomy 12, 7 says this, There in the presence of the Lord, your God, you and your families shall eat, shall rejoice, and everything you've put into your hand because the Lord has blessed you. Ecclesiastes 2.24, a person can do nothing better than eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too is from the hand of God. Ecclesiastes 8.15, nothing is better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry. Now, you have to be of a certain age, but you may remember this uh, campaign a few years ago. You remember Dairy Queen, and uh, the whole tagline was, eat, drink, and be merry. You can tell this is very old because a banana split is 39 cents, okay? (laughs) Now, what's interesting is... um, We know how important in our life those tables are, that there is something that is amazing that takes place. The table is so much more than just a piece of furniture surrounded by chairs. It's a destination where life-changing conversations take place. I sent a a text to my sister Linda back home um, a week or so ago, and I said, hey, Linda, can you send me some pictures growing up because I can't remember what the kitchen table looked like, which is kind of weird since I spent, who knows, a lot of time at that table. And uh, uh, the pictures haven't come in yet, so I'm going to show those to you at a later date. Uh, but I'll tell you what it did is it just it conjured up so many memories of that little two-bedroom house that I grew up in and that kitchen table and the conversations that took place at that table. Um, I remember... A very serious day when uh, my mom sat down and and I started asking questions about my dad who had passed away. And so she went and got Kleenex and she said, uh, you know, Robertsons have a tendency to cry. And uh, she said, so I'm going to tell you how your dad lived. And I'm going to tell you how he died. And I'm going to tell you about the things that mattered most to him. And she's right. We just sat there and we just cried. And I think we both realized we'll never forget this day. I remember that it was at the table that my mom signed my first permission slip to play baseball. That was a glorious day. I would have forged that signature anyway, but I mean, I remember that. There were other permission slips, and uh, that's for another day about sin. But I remember (laughs) just all the things that my mom did right there at that table. I remember sitting down, and my poor sister Linda... um, I was the youngest of seven, so honestly, I think mom had kind of given up on this one. But my sister Linda say, seriously, you're going to have to do some homework. 
and we, she'd try to get me through it, and I would always say, the, this is the dumbest thing I've ever said. This isn't going to get me anywhere. And I know in the back of her mind, she's thinking, he's not going anywhere. You know, this poor kid. But I remember those, uh, those times just sitting there. And I remember sitting at the table saying, Mom, the craziest thing is going on inside me. And she said, oh, what's going on? And I said, I think I want to be a preacher. And my mom hesitated. I thought she was going to start crying again. And she said, I saw that coming. Later on, I realized she's the only one that saw that coming, you know, because all my friends are like, yeah, whatever, yeah. You know, can't wait to go to that church, you know what I mean? But my mom sat there so calmly. Um, and I remember the first time sitting down with mom. I, was, I had already graduated from college, and I said, hey, mom, I met a girl, and you're really going to like her. And I just think of those conversations. You have those conversations. You know it's not a piece of wood. It's, it's one of the most meaningful places on earth. And then Marie established table rules for our family. Rule number one, turn the TV off. Turn the TV off. Okay, so TV went off no matter what we're watching still today, even if the Cardinals are in the World Series. <laughs> the TV goes off. Number two, everyone comes to the table. No one's allowed to throw a flag like, I don't really want, I'm not hungry. It doesn't, you, everyone comes to the table. And then my favorite rule is, for the Robertsons, it's interesting, nothing is off limits to talk about at the table. Now, here's why this is strange. <clears throat> so my kids would bring their friends over. So you can imagine being one of my kids' friends, having a meal at the preacher's house, okay? They really looked forward to that. You know, so uh, I really think they thought that I would stand up and I had this big Bible let us pray before we eat this meal together. And I'd like to share devotion. Would you like to pray for us, Jeremy? You know, I really, they kind of freaked out. And they, they were surprised that we were actually kind of normal. And then the other thing that surprised them is we would talk about whatever came up, anything. And if you know our son, Caleb, a lot of strange things came up at the table. And all right, let's talk about that. And so I look back, and I have so many great memories, and I still do. I don't know about you, but of all the things I'm looking forward to for Christmas, maybe it's because I'm getting old, it's that time at the table that I'm going to cherish. Because I know there's going to be a conversation or two that I would probably never forget. There's just something really special about the table. And there's something sacred about the table. Listen to these powerful words from Luke 24. And I want you to listen how the table is very important in this story. Uh, it's after the resurrection of Jesus. And it's, the, it's called the walk to Emmaus. Just listen, verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if they were going farther. And they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. and The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. Verse 30 is great. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened. They recognized him, and, they, and then he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, 
were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with us on that road and he opened up the scriptures. I mean, can you picture that? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got this theory that out of crisis and out of conflict comes community. Um, Some of you are of a certain age. You remember when John F. Kennedy was assassinated and some of you remember 9-11, but when there is like a national crisis, people come together. When there's a family crisis, and you see this time and time again, I have seen and I've spent so much time with families, and from the outside, it looks like they're not getting along, and they're yipping at one another until there's a crisis in the family, or somebody has taken advantage of somebody else in the family, and that's when the family comes together. It's like, "Uh uh-uh, not today, and I actually love that. I love that in the midst of a crisis that all of a sudden there's community, And here's what I love is in the midst of this crisis, you can only imagine Jerusalem and the buzz that's going on. Jesus Christ has been uh, crucified. And now there's this, all these stories about they found the tomb was empty and now they are all talking about this. And now here Jesus is in the presence of these guys. But what I love about Jesus, of all the things he could have done, did you notice what he did? I'm going to come hang with you, and I'm going to sit at your table. And he does that every time we break bread. He sits at the table with us. What an amazing lesson Jesus teaches us. The table all throughout Scripture is critical. You go all the way back to the Old Testament, and if you were to do a study of the Passover, and you look at what mattered most in the Passover, you'd know that there's a lamb that is served, and that lamb represents eventually Jesus Christ. And in the schedule of the Passover, there are four cups of wine that are served throughout. And I love this. It comes from Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. They talk about the four descriptions of the freedom we have in Jesus Christ and the freedom that we have, that they have through Jehovah It first of all says, I shall take you out, I shall rescue you, and I shall redeem you, and then I, again, will bring you out. So this comes from a rabbi, what I want to read you next, because this is really powerful to me. Towards the very end of the Passover meal, they pour the very last cup of wine, the fourth cup of wine, and then here's the tradition. They'll send the youngest person from the table, and he'll go to the door of the home. He'll open the door and then listen to what the rabbi says. We open the door and we recite the passage inviting the prophet Elijah, the forerunner of the coming of our righteous Messiah. Let that sink in. They go to the door and they open the door and they call out to Elijah and they call out to the future Messiah. You see, it's unbelievable because when you think about the disciples when they sat at that table, and many people have this long idea of this long table, but uh, scholars think it was more that they were reclining. But at this table, we call that the last what? Supper, okay? And it was right over Passover. So here's the disciples, and here's what I think they were thinking. Number one, previous Passovers. Just like when you sit together with your families at Christmas, your families, just like our family, here's what's going to happen. You're going to start reminiscing about previous Christmases. Funny story. All these things will come right back. And you know the disciples, you know that they were reflecting about other Passover meals that they had had. 
all the memories of those meals. But here's the other thing that I think was running through their mind. The stories that Jesus shared about tables. There's one parable that Jesus shares in Matthew 22 that I love. It's the banquet story. The parable goes like this. There's a king, and the king sends out these invitations to this amazing wedding banquet, and they choose to reject the king's invitation. They don't even come to the banquet. You can't even fathom that. And then they prepared this beautiful table, and then uh, the king said, invite everyone to come set at the table. Now, the reason I think the disciples were thinking these thoughts is they realized as they looked around, can you believe Jesus Christ invited us to the table? What they didn't realize is that Jesus would eventually invite everyone to the table, including you and including me. Everyone's invited to the table. Revelation 19.9 says, And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Every one of you this morning, you have a personal invitation from Jesus to sit at his table. Now just let that sink in of what that means for all of us. There's always room for the table and everyone's always invited. That's the beauty of breaking bread every week and representing what Christ has done for us at that table. What the table to me in life represents is it takes us from friends to being family. That's really what church is all about. And there's nothing that represents family like the table. There's a wonderful song by Carrie Newcomer called Room at the Table. And it simply says this, let our hearts not be hardened by those living on the margin. There's room at the table for everyone. This is where it all begins. This is how we gather. There is room at the table. For everyone. There's room for all of us. No gift is too small. There's room at the table for everyone. There's enough if we share. Come on, pull up a chair. There's room at the table for everyone. That's what family's all about. It's when we can have those conversations that matter most in life. And many times that's what takes place at a table. There's a, a wonderful book, and I'm going to recommend, I've recommended it before, I'm going to recommend it again if you're looking for a, a last-minute Christmas gift, and it is a book by Bob Goff entitled Everybody Always. It just is a good book on um, the opportunities that we have to build relationships with people all around us, and those people all around us, well, those are our neighbors, and uh, so it's just such a reminder for me. Something happened to Bob Goff. It's never happened to me. I think it's pretty rare. might have happened to some of you. But he lived in the neighborhood that they loved. But in that neighborhood, it continued to grow. <clears throat> and they were raising their kids at the time. The kids were small. But there was always this one house in that neighborhood they thought, that's the house. Like, that's our dream house. If that would ever come available, we'll do whatever it takes. But it's in our, it's our neighborhood. It's right across the street. Well, it came for sale and they bought the home. Now, the problem is, uh, an opportunity is, now they're looking for a new neighbor. Isn't that weird? You're actually interviewing people not to buy your house, but to be your new neighbor. 
And this is what he said. He goes, we weren't looking for a buyer. We were looking for a neighbor. There's a huge difference. Uh, if you do business with a buyer, but with a neighbor, you're doing life. So as a family, we interviewed everybody looking at our house. Isn't that interesting? And we unanimously voted on a woman who was moving from the East Coast to San Diego. And she was in her early 50s. She was a widow. And her name was Carol. There was just something about Carol that our kids really liked. And one thing was, Carol always baked cookies for those kids. So he said they were making a beeline always. And he said as the years went by, she'd have the cookies, and the kids would take school papers over. They'd share projects. They just shared life with her. And she went from being our neighbor to being a really good friend. And then more years went by, and she went from being a friend to being part of our family. So much so that when his son got married in their yard, in their backyard, there sitting on the front row with them was Carol. She really was part of their family. So Bob Goff said, when I would travel, <clears throat> I'd always call home, talk to my wife, and my wife would say, have you called Carol? And I would check on Carol. And he said, one day it got real quiet. And she said, Bob, I got some really bad news. Uh, the doctor said that uh, I have cancer and it doesn't look good. And he said, um, I'll come over as soon as I get home. And he went over and she said, it's the first time, you know, I've been a widow for years, but this is the very first time I've ever been afraid, especially at night. I can't sleep. I'm almost terrified. I think something's wrong with me. He said, no, we all have fears in life. And then he had this thought. And so if you know Bob Goff, he has a lot of unique thoughts. And <clears throat> so he ran down to Radio Shack. Anybody remember Radio Shack? Okay. And he picked up some walkie-talkies. And he gave one to Carol. And he said, okay, um, you put this by your nightstand. And any time you need to talk to us, you call. And I'm going to call and check on you every night. And we're going to make sure everything's okay. And so he said the first night, he pushes the button, you know, Carol? And all of a sudden, he can tell she can't find the button. She's flicking around. Finally, she said, Bob, is that you? And he thought, who else would it be, okay? <laughs> and they laughed, and they carried on. And he said, time went on. And he said, I actually went to chemotherapy with her. And, and he said, we went through the whole thing together. And then she had major surgery. And he said, uh, the day she had surgery, I was there. And uh, before she came out of her sleep, he said, I went to one of the nurses and I said, would you do me a favor? Would you put this walkie-talkie where she can see it? She'll understand. And so sure enough, she was really drogging. And she looked and she saw this walkie-talkie and she picked it up. And he had snuck in the room. And all of a sudden, Carol? And she said, Bob, is that you? And they laughed until they cried. And he said, you know, there's something in life when somebody goes from a neighbor to a friend to being part of your family. Well, that's what the church is all about. Is that you come together, you hope you develop friendships, but eventually really what you want, it's what all of us want, is we want family. 
And there's nothing more sacred than when a family comes together and they gather around a table and they have conversations, real conversations. And that's what we hope to do here. That everything we do leads to those kind of conversations about Jesus. I hope that the tables that you have in life will draw you closer to the King of Kings and to our Lord and to our Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we think about the tables in our life that are so meaningful, the tables in our life where we have these amazing conversations, life-changing conversations, and tables where we talked about Jesus. And so, Lord, I thank you for the church, and I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come to your table. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.